Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Jesus was able to greet him in heaven someday. And, and Jesus, when, when he went to heaven, he had an invite that said plus one. Actually, his invite said plus a whole bunch. But I believe that God has an, has an invitation card with your name on it that says, who's your plus one? heaven. So, so we're challenging you over, over these weeks to think about who your plus one is while we talk about the people that Jesus directly interacted with. So, um, so we talked about Zacchaeus last week. Everybody say Zacchaeus. And, and, and Zacchaeus really uh, gave us some insight on the fact that every person in the world, whether wicked or good, is looking for hope. They're looking for hope. Zacchaeus had some reason why he went out to see Jesus. And he, wa- he wanted to see this guy, whether it was to see him do a miracle, whether it was uh, because he was the guy who was connected to the God that made the walls of Jericho fall down. Remember, Jesus, he meets Zacchaeus in the city of Jericho. Maybe you didn't remember that. And then, so, so maybe he wanted to see this guy connected to this super powerful God. Or, or maybe he, w- he was looking for hope. He was looking for something. He thought maybe Jesus would bring something to his life. And, and so um, I challenge, uh, one of the things that, that Jesus did uh, that we pointed out last week is he didn't do any miracles in Jericho. All he did was connected with Zacchaeus. And that, that most people out there, they're just looking for a connection. They're looking for somebody to care. And, and the question I kind of posed is maybe you're the connection for somebody Who's your plus one? Maybe you need to be the one to connect them to Jesus. Uh, so today we're going to look at another person uh, that Jesus encountered on his mission. But before we get there, like always, we should pray. So let's bow our heads. Let's get ready. Father, thank you so much for every person in this room. God, I know, and your word says that each one of us has a purpose and a plan and a calling on our life. Lord, that our name is written on somebody else's story, that you have called us to reach out to the lost. And Father, I pray today as we, as we talk about your son, Jesus, doing just that, reaching out to people who are in need, being a connection point for you. Father, I pray that you'll motivate us to be that kind of person and to want to be used by you. God, give us ears that hear, hearts that understand. Give us minds that desire to live like you and to live for you. And Father, let these words I share today not be my words, but the words that you need people to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So remember last week I mentioned that Jesus is the greatest missionary of all time. He, he, I said is because he's still alive. Amen. Okay, so, so Jesus is the greatest missionary of all time. And, and I, I said this, and I actually wanted it back in your notes today. Jesus was a missionary of opportunity. Jesus was a missionary of opportunity. Jesus traveled around, and on his travels, he would just happen across people who were in need, and he would just, the opportunity was there for him to do something, and he would just do it. He would just pray for people, or he'd ask them what they need, and he would go ahead and he would, he would he would minister to them. He would, he would give them, show them God's love. He would heal them, all these different things. He was a missionary of opportunity. And I challenge you that you and I should be mission, missionaries of opportunity as well. That when we are in a situation, we are there so that God can use us and that, and that there, there will be opportunities where he wants you to speak. We just have to be willing to do that. So, uh, so today we're going to talk about a guy that, that actually came to Jesus um, and his story is really cool. His name's Nicodemus. Everybody say Nicodemus. I was thinking this morning, I was like, it's pretty funny, the names, like Zacchaeus, Nicodemus. We don't have those names before, or now nobody uses those names. And I was like, yes, they do. 
Zachary and Nicholas, right? So it's just our version of Zacchaeus and Nicodemus. They all had U.S.s at the end, and now we don't. So, uh, so anyway, this is uh, this story is going to take me a little longer to read. Um, but when I'm done, then I want to pull out the things that I feel the Lord laid on my heart for today. So, uh, so put on your listening uh, caps and follow along with me, and we'll get going. So, John, it's in John three. Now, I just want to point out something before I read this scripture. One of the most powerful scriptures. One of the most powerful statements ever made in all of the Word is found in this chapter. And it's it's found in the story of Nicodemus. You'll know it the second we get to it. Okay, here we go. John 3, verse 1. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So Nicodemus, he's part of the Pharisee group. He's part of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He is a religious leader. He's one of the guys, part of the group, that was against Jesus, by the way. But Nicodemus, uh, it says this in verse 2, he came to Jesus at night. Everybody say at night. And said, Rabbi, we know, say we know. I won't have you do that the whole time. We, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. That's a huge statement. Verse 3, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, Jesus can answer just weird answers. Jesus, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they're old, Nicodemus asked. Well, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb, amen, to be born. And verse 5, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, Nicodemus. Jesus is saying this. Nicodemus, you should not be surprised at me saying that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. Jesus again says to him, you are Israel's teacher, and you do not understand these? He's like, you don't understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we've seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you don't believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except for the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man, Jesus. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now, pay attention. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Did you know that scripture? Heard that one a couple times, dusty, crusty. Verse 17, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, Jesus. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness. Say, loved darkness. Instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so it may be seen plainly and that whatever they have done has been done in the sight of God. End story. Did you know that that scripture, John 3.16, was only shared with one man? 
I mean, it is like foundation of our faith, right? It is a scripture that everybody knows, everybody stands on, everybody talks about in the Christian faith. And it is meant for every person. I mean, he's not saying this just for Nicodemus. But we think of that scripture, I think of that scripture, I think of Jesus, you know, I, like this should be part of the Sermon on the Mount where he's in front of all these people or, the, or when he feeds the 5,000 and he's like making a pitch, you know, for God, here it is, and he gives this big statement. But it's not, it's alone at night with Nicodemus. So I just, I, that, that blew my mind that one of the biggest scriptures we stand on was only shared to one person. Jesus cared about the one He could have have put that somewhere in the Bible in front of thousands, but he put that in the Bible in front of one. He cares about you. He cares about the people that you're thinking about that should be your plus one. So I want to get into it. Uh, Like always, I have a few things that that I want to focus on today. This has so much in it. I say this, I feel like I say this every week because the Bible just is just full of revelation and, and, and leading for our lives. I could teach on this for, for the whole summer, uh, but, but I've got a few things that I want to pull out of it that I really feel like the Lord laid on my heart for today. So, so let's get into it. Number one, all people are attracted to evidence of God. All people are attracted to evidence of God, not just Christians. Okay, not just not just you know people who are who are lost and don't have a religion or don't have anything or, or you know not not it, everyone is attracted to the evidence of God, and and it says in John three two there in the story it says he Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and he said he said this he said Rabbi we know everybody say we now I'd like to make a, make a point that he comes at night but he's not just speaking for himself he's speaking for all of the Pharisees the people who are enemies of Jesus, he's admitting that they know that he's connected to God. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So, so he again, he's one of the guys who's, who's trying to get Jesus to quit, to quit teaching, but, but he comes to Jesus and he states that they all believe that he really is connected to God. This is an important concept to acknowledge Because often when we think of people who are part of a different religion or make the statement, I am an atheist, or I don't believe in that, we think they are instantly a lost cause. They're somebody that cannot be one for Jesus or or be introduced to Jesus because they've already made up their mind. But let me tell you, Nicodemus and the other Pharisees had already made up their mind, but Jesus changed it. They were drawn to him because they saw something in him, and and they, they realized that he was connected to God. And, and, that, and, and do people see you and do, do people see me and do they realize that, that we are connected to God? I think it's cool to note that Nicodemus is coming at night. And um, in, in biblical scholars, I did some studying of this, obviously, and they, they believe he was coming at night so that he wouldn't be seen by anybody else. That he, he was sneaking in uh, to, to Jesus' you know, quarters or wherever he was living and was in Jesus' tent and there so that he could have a private audience with Jesus and nobody would look at him and go, hey, you, know, you, you need to be kicked out of what you're doing or, or, or you're wrong. And, uh, and he, this is what's interesting is that if you study Nicodemus, he was actually the leader over it all in that city. Okay, so he wasn't like, it wasn't like the leader of the church there said, hey, you know, send one of our runners to go talk to Jesus. No, the leader himself snuck through the night to go and see Jesus. This tells me that no one is exempt from being drawn to the evidence of God. 
No one is exempt. Everyone is drawn to evidence of God. So, so this speaks to how interested Nicodemus was, and, and so I want to move on, but the question I have for you is, is, do people see the evidence of God in your life? Is there anything that they see in you that's drawing them to Jesus? Number two that I, I wanted to pull out of the scripture is this. There's a difference between being born and being born again. Everybody say born again. There's a difference between being born and being born again. And, uh, and so it says it here, John 3, uh, verse 3, it says, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they're old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter the second time into their mother's womb uh, to be born. And, uh, and I've never liked the statement born again. How many people are with me? Yes, a couple. I, I've never... I've never liked the statement because I always thought it was a weird way of saying it. And I, I remember like growing up in church and my dad would, you need to be born again. And I'm like, what is that? What are we talking about? And so I kind of feel like Nicodemus, like, like what in the world are you talking about? And I think it confuses people about Christianity. We try here not to use Christianese. It's a language that normal people don't understand, only Christians. We try not to use that here because People come in and, and you start talking about things like liturgy and Sadducees and, and, and you know, all these different things. And people are like, what, uh, what is that? It's a different language. People leave and they go, they, they taught the message in Latin. No, they didn't. <laughs> and, and so this is one of those too. You know, people come in and you, you start talking about being born again. And people are like, what, is that, what does that even mean? And even Nicodemus, a spiritual leader of the city, is questioning what Jesus is talking about. So John, it, it continues, it says, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Say, say water and Spirit. What does that mean, to be born of water and, and Spirit? Some theologians believe it's talking about uh, a birth, like physical birth, being born of water, um, like, like you being born, and then spirit is, uh, is your salvation. Um, but really after some studying, um, which I, by the way, would encourage you to do. Don't ever take my word for it, okay? Like I work, I work to make sure I bring you the word correctly, the right way it should be, but don't ever, don't ever take my word for it. You should go and you should study these things out and be sure. And if you find a place where I'm wrong or you think I'm wrong, please come tell me about it. I'm happy to talk to you about it. Okay, I'm not afraid of that, and uh, and if I'm wrong, I'll retract it from stage. Just saying, okay. Um, but uh, but after some study, I found that the context that Jesus is talking to Nicodemus is is different. He's he's talking to him as a pastor of the Israelites, and and this is something that I never knew before. Um, that what the Jewish law was and what the rule was with them was that they could not enter the presence of God without being baptized. Now, we believe, you know, we always, everybody in the Christian faith, for the most part, it's one baptism. You get baptized once and you're good to go. But in the Jewish faith, and back then, the temple would have been surrounded by baptismals. And people, before they would even try to go and worship God, try to bring an offering to him, all this stuff, they would all baptize themselves. They would go and they would actually get into the baptismal and they would dunk themselves three times ceremonially in, in order to be considered clean. It was it was a work that they did or it was an action everybody say not by works 
right? Our faith isn't by works, is it, right? It's through, it's through faith in Jesus Christ, okay, so that he's the Savior. So, but this is what their faith was all about because the Old Testament was about keeping the law. It was about works. So Nicodemus knew salvation or knew the, the opportunity to get to heaven was based on works. And so when Jesus is talking about being born by water, he's talking in the context of what Nicodemus would have understood, which was baptism before you, you enter the temple. Okay, So when he's talking about being born of the Spirit, he's talking about something different. And uh, this is really, it's really interesting. If you study out baptism in the Jewish faith, there's a, there's, I was actually talked to a guy who was, who was a Jew and is now a pastor in our organization. And, um, and he was saying that the, that the Jewish people actually believe, like John the Baptist didn't actually physically dunk people, that he was, he was what was considered the witness of people baptizing themselves in the river, that they would walk in and they would baptize themselves. And so that, like, baptism is, is very, uh, very different in the Old Testament as it, as it was in the New Testament or in the transition where Jesus was just coming along. And again, Nicodemus would have only known salvation through being clean Baptism in water, okay? And, and so Jesus is bringing this to him in, in a whole different way. And, uh, and let, me, let me find, I've gone off my notes. <laughs> I don't have time to go into all the details about it, but if you want to look it up, in Ezekiel 36, it talks about how God took the people and he washed them with the water, and that's where they got the ceremonial baptism. So just, just a note for you, Ezekiel 36, you can go study that this week, and it'd be good for you to get an idea of why they believed in the Old Testament that that was important. So Jesus says it's important. He says that being washed by the water is important. We still get water baptized, right? We still believe that that's an important part of our relationship with God. And, and so Nicodemus' whole ministry and faith was based on doing the right things, doing good works, but Jesus says that there's something else. The Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. So, and then he says, flesh can only produce flesh, but the Spirit can produce spirit. In other words, he's answering Nicodemus's question about being born again in the mother's womb. If you're born of flesh, you can only, it, flesh can only produce flesh. Only the Spirit can produce spirit in your life. And, and so, uh, at, you remember when Jesus was baptized in the water and the Spirit descended on him? At this moment is when he was baptized or he, he was born of the Spirit and he had the Holy Spirit in him. And you can, you can talk with any pastor that, that, that studied it out. They'll talk about how the Holy Spirit working through Jesus is how he did all the miracles. The Spirit of God, and it happened right after he was baptized when the Spirit came down on him. He was born of the Spirit there. So he received the Holy Spirit. And the question is, is the Holy Spirit in you? Have you received the power of God? Are you doing your faith based on your own works, or are you allowing the Spirit of God to lead you? Number three, people are afraid to face the truth. People are afraid to face the truth. John 3.17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. For someone like Nicodemus, the thought that he was missing what God requires to get into heaven would be scary. I remember I read the Left Behind books. Anybody read the Left Behind books or, or see the movies or anything like that? I, I, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Nicolas Cage fan, but... Uh, but the books are really good, and I remember 
when I read that series, I was not a pastor, but n- now that I've read it and, and I think about it, in the beginning of the books when the rapture happens, and, and by the way, those are fiction. That's just those guys' depiction of what they think the end times are going to look like based on the word. It's not, it's not exactly like that for sure. Nobody knows. Um, but their story is that they're looking for refuge, looking for, for help, and they think maybe it's God, so they go to the church, and the pastor is still there. He hasn't been raptured to heaven. And, you know, reading the book, it's a great story. And I remember when I read it, I was, I was a teenager, and I was like, oh, you know, this is crazy. And I, the thought just went through my head, like, it would be scary to be a pastor and have the rapture happen and not go to heaven. And now I'm a pastor. And I think about, I, I, it's weird. I've only read the, book one, the books one time because uh, there's 12 of them and it takes forever. Um, but I, I think about that part of that story, I think I think about it weekly. It is always going through my head, like being a, being a, a spiritual leader of people and, and personally not being connected to God in a way that I would be raptured to heaven with the people that I minister to. This is Nicodemus. He's a spiritual leader of the people. Thinking that he's teaching and living in such a way that he will have eternal life. That he will have the opportunity to go to heaven. And he's just been confronted by a guy that he knows is connected to God because he's seen the evidence. Who he knows has this spirit that he doesn't have. And now he's realizing, wait a second, the truth of my life is that I don't know if I make it. Terrifying. It should terrify every one of us. So Jesus is reassuring Nicodemus by saying, like, listen, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in me that I'm the Son of God, if you believe in this, that that you don't have to face the punishment of being wrong. Did you catch that? You don't have to pay, face the punishment. Right now, you can, your, your, your eternity can be secure. But facing the truth about our lives is scary. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary. And people don't want to admit they're wrong. Jesus knows this. He knows this, so he makes this final statement. The very end of the story, he says in John 3.19, he says, this is the verdict. So he's like, this is it, man. The light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does, not, does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear, everybody say fear, that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is the truth. People don't like the idea of Jesus, not because he's the Savior, not because he's some figurehead of some religion. They don't like Jesus because following what Jesus teaches reveals the issues in our lives. People say Christians are just condemning people. No, no, no. We're not condemning anybody. Jesus says it himself. But his word will bring to light the things that you're doing wrong. And, and it, I recently bought my wife a new vehicle, not a bus, though we could use a bus with all the kids we have. I bought her this vehicle, and, I, 
and I was driving down the road in it, and 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 it, you know, I feel pretty awesome in the new in the new to us car, uh, and it's got really dark tinted windows, like real dark, and I think that's pretty cool. And my wife's like, the windows are too dark, and, and I was like, no, they're awesome. Cops couldn't even see if I had my seatbelt off, so I'm rolling, you know. Saw a friend and, and I'm like honking and I was actually on the phone with him as I'm driving through town. Like, look to your left, look to your left, look, here I am. And I'm waving at him and he's like, what car? What are you talking about? And I was like, the, the white car that just went by. And he's like, dude, your windows are too dark. <laughs> he's like, I couldn't even see you. Jesus is the window tint remover of life. There is no way to hide when you step into the light. Jesus is the window tint. You can write that one down. Quotable quotes, Pastor Ross. Jesus is the window tint remover of life. You see, you're saying that if I accept Jesus, that I've got to face my imperfections, I've got to face my sins? Yes. That's what I'm saying. But remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus and to Nicodemus only, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Why would those lines be important? Because Nicodemus, his whole faith was based on works. And if you don't live the right way, you will perish and go to hell. You are guilty of your sins. The beauty is, is if you step into the light, you don't own your sin anymore. God owns it. If you step into the light, you're allowing God to take it away. Jesus is the only way to erase the past. Jesus is the only way to erase the past. See, what's really interesting as I was studying it out, every theologian that I read, every commentary that I read about the scripture where Nicodemus asks, what, are we supposed to go back into our mother's womb? They all say, Nicodemus knows that this isn't what Jesus is talking about. They all say that what Nicodemus is really asking is, is there really a way to erase my past? Is there really a way to erase my past? Jesus is the only way to erase your past. There are so many people in this room today who need Jesus to erase their past. There are so many people in your life that you know that need Jesus to erase their past. There is no other way. It is only through Jesus. In that moment, I believe Nicodemus became one of Jesus plus ones. I believe Nicodemus was there because he wanted to experience what Jesus had. And that he went and he asked those things. And as Jesus revealed to him that he doesn't need to live in fear, he can live in faith. He doesn't need to be afraid of the light. Instead, he can trust the light that Nicodemus became a plus one of Jesus. And again, Jesus probably died before Nicodemus which means Jesus was in heaven when Nicodemus came up the elevator. 
and the doors opened, and he was there to say, welcome home. Who will you welcome home? Who's God laid on your heart? Who's your plus one? Who's the person who needs help erasing their past? You can be the connection point to help those people find the light and find hope. Let's bow our heads. Just real quick, with everybody's eyes closed, before I pray, I just I do this every now and then. I just want you to ask this question of yourself. Ask yourself, what is God saying to me today? Maybe in this moment, you need to ask God, God, who is my plus one? Whose story is my name written on? How am I supposed to connect them to you? Father, you know the hearts of every person in this room. You know what they, what they struggle with. You know the things that they're dealing with. You know, you know who needs their past to be erased. You know, you know who who needs to walk into the light here so that they don't have to own their sins anymore, but instead you can own them. That they can let them go and allow them to go to the cross with Jesus. Lord, as we're getting ready for Easter, as we're moving towards this day where we celebrate what Jesus did, I, my, the desire of my heart, I pray, Lord, that we would be people willing to walk into the light and allow Jesus to take those things to the cross. Lord, speak to our hearts about who we are, about who you've created us to be, that we are worthy, that we are desired, Lord, that, that we are to be people who are living life to the fullest, but the life that you have for us, the direction you have for us. Lord, we know because your word says that following the plan that you have for our life, life will bring wholeness to us, will bring fulfillment to us, will bring joy and peace and happiness. And there are so many people in this world today, God, who are struggling to, to find those things. And they're trying to do it themselves, but they're in the dark. Lord, help us to identify if one of the, one of those people in the dark. But Lord, also give us wisdom to help identify people that we know that are living in the dark. And give us the words to say and the courage to step forward to invite them to be our plus one to heaven. If you're here with everybody's eyes closed and you've never made Jesus Lord, maybe you've never stepped into the light, but today you want to. You believe that Jesus is God's son, that he is who he says he is, that he is Lord, and you want to make him Lord of your life and begin living that life that I'm talking about, purpose-filled, whole, fulfilled. I want to give you that opportunity. So if you're here right now with everybody's eyes closed and you want to make Jesus Lord, just lift your hand up. Is there anybody who wants to accept Jesus today? God, I thank you for each and every person here. 
Lord, direct our steps as we walk towards Easter this year and, and help us to make a difference for your kingdom so we can see your kingdom come and your will be done in this area as we strive to live for you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.